This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, better everything. Real between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. Hello, loyal listeners. How are you doing out there? This is Jason Cass here back once again with Agency Intelligence. Uh, We've got the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. Hey, I've got a couple things that this is going to be just a solo podcast. And uh, the reason is, is that I was, I've been discussing a lot with some agents on the phone about a lot of things like I always do. But there was some, a couple agents that the same kind of thought process got brought up to. And it also is something I had talked about like a year or two ago when Safeco came out with their study. And their study was, it had to do with the agent of the future or something like that. And one one of the things that they kind of talked in there was about a, a merging of the sales and of the service culture of the agency. And so these two phone calls specifically, I've had a couple over this year, kind of went back to that, kind of back to that service versus sales culture, trying to create a service culture rather than a sales culture, rather than trying to create a service culture. They want a sales culture. And in every mixture in between it. And so I want to talk about that because I've talked about that in the past. I'm a smarter business owner now, and I want to talk about the way that I see that today. And I think you're going to like that. But before I do, one of the things that I wanted to add to this was a post that my boy Ryan Hanley did. He did a post and there's a group out there that he started called Action is the Answer. And I think it's a, you have to be invited. Maybe it's a public group. I really don't know. But if Ryan's a part of it, I'm a part of what he's doing. Uh, really, as you know, if you're a loyal listener, I think highly of the guy. Him and I were lone voices in this industry doing this back in 08, 09, and 2010 when some of you were here, but some of you were very quiet. And some of you actually thought that Ryan and I were a little bit crazy. And if you still do, you're right. So let me talk about this this question he asked. Here's the question, loyal listeners. He said, which one of the following is the most closely aligned to your number one goal in business? Say it one more time. Which one of the following is the most closely aligned to your number one goal in business? Okay. When you do something every day is what you're doing, taking you towards that goal. And what is that goal? And here are the four that he offered. Now, if you have any other ones, I'll more than willing to accept Jason at agency-intelligence.com or Jason at growprogram.com, but Jason at agency-intelligence.com. I will take your feedback there on what you think, which would be one. Would it be wealth? Would it be notoriety, freedom, or impact? Okay. Wealth, notoriety, freedom, and impact. So when you are going to work every day and you're aligning what your goals with what you do when I'm in a business, the main thing you want to achieve is wealth. The main thing you're aligning your goals for is so you can get notoriety. Now, once again, we're going to discuss this. Is that notoriety for you or your business? One could be better than the other. 
One could not. Is it freedom? Are you aligning your goals, your business goals, so that you can have freedom? Once again, is that freedom today or is that freedom tomorrow? Two different things there. And then the impact. And the impact happens to be what you perceive to be impact. So we could have impact on somebody. We could have impact on something like an organization or the environment. So it depends on what you're defining your impact to be. Okay. When we go to wealth, are we literally talking, which I think he is, are we talking about literal wealth, like money, like, you know, Scrooge McDuck, like rolling around in the gold coins, right? I mean, what kind of wealth are we talking about? Are we talking about, would you define wealth to be love and understanding and compassion? That's something that you feel as if would be wealthy for your business, but also for your family, also in your social circles. If it's notoriety, and I'm going to tell you, I have the votes here. He asked this about a week ago, and I'll give you the votes of what people placed, one, two, three, and four. Notoriety. Once again, notoriety for your business when you have a great cause for what you're doing. And when I say cause, I'm not talking about a business competitive edge because I think business competitive edges are so 80s and 90s. Today, people need to believe in what you're doing. They need to believe in your story. You've heard Ryan talk about that a lot. They need to know your story. Your competitive edge is what your cause is because maybe it's the impact that you could have in somebody's life or the freedom that you could give them. Maybe that goes to your notoriety. So is it notoriety for yourself? Sometimes that could be a good thing. Sometimes notoriety for yourself brings you into the limelight of other people that wouldn't see you and allows you to have a bigger impact on them. Sometimes notoriety of Michael Jordan giving, I think, $7 million to a local organization to help the homeless in North Carolina, that $7 million is given away every day in America by some rich person or some rich company to some charity. But we heard about it all across America when it was Michael Jordan giving it. And his, the notoriety he has put a spotlight, and in a way, bad notoriety, but true, to the homeless community. So he was able to impact his notoriety to help others indirectly. So it depends on all these people, you and other people in the world, for their own basic personal agenda. That's what it comes down to. It comes down to what is your agenda for what you want out of life. My buddy Bogus Hansel says it all the time in the mastermind whenever we're having deep conversations about AMSs or certain programs or certain pieces of software and how we should use them and how we should automate them. And we're, we're really down in it. And sometimes we start to get into the Apple droid dispute, the infusion soft, the active campaign, right? Which one's better than the other? And it all goes down to bogus says it every time you almost feel it coming in is it depends on what works in your agency for the type of people that you have and the type of people that you serve. It depends on that. One is not better than the other. And that's kind of how it goes back here. One is not better than the other, but your personal agenda that you have in life and you have for your business and you have for your family, that is going to dictate wealth, notoriety, freedom, or impact. I hope that makes sense because, because what Ryan continues on by writing here is he says, do your daily actions align 
with your stated goals. It's easy to say your goal is freedom, but you never finish that project that could have provided it. I see that when it comes to our VAs. I see that in my office. You probably see it in your own office. There's things our staff can do that we have given them to enable them to have more freedom, but because they have to do a little bit more work up front, they never press the button. There's more lost in indecision or indecision than there is, shit, I can't remember the saying now. So there's a lot of things to be said there when it comes to how we're going to be looking at their freedom, because that makes a lot of sense. If you're not going to press the button, if you're not going to actually do the work to create the freedom, and I think that that is a huge thing. I really, really do. I'll come back to that in a minute. I ask myself every day, do the actions align with my goals? It's easy to say your goal is impact, but you never hit publish. You're trying to change the world. You have good thoughts, good feelings. You have good intentions, great ideas, and you see them and how they can be put onto the world and how they can make the world a better place and make our lives a better place and directly related to your family. And that's what it all comes back to. But do you ever actually get it out of your brain? What he's saying here is maybe you even write it out, but yet you never hit publish. How many of you right now are sitting out there with that video script that you wrote that you had been published on sitting out there online and it's sitting in its first draft and you know it's done. You just think that you need to add a couple more things. But what you really don't realize is you not taking the time to add those couple things prohibits you from being able to hit publish, which able somebody else to go through the thought or the process or the action that you may be preventing them from going through with the impact that you can make on hitting publish. Very, very important. Now, here was the thing as I move on here. Here is one of the, this was the poll here. The number one thing, which wealth, notoriety, freedom, and impact, what would be your number one thing? What is one of the followings that most closely aligned to your number one goals in business? Let's not say we're perfect, okay? Let's just say that if I had to say this is one, whether or not my day relates to it or not, okay? If I had to say there was one, what would it be? The number one answer was the one I picked as well, which was freedom. When Ryan first posted this, I chose freedom. I was the first one to vote on it and wrote in there, freedom wins. Freedom wins every time. It really, truly does. Number two was impact. 49% of the people picked freedom. 44% of the people picked impact. 6% in third picked wealth. And 1% picked notoriety. Now, when you first see notoriety and you see that someone picked that, you think, oh, someone's got an ego. But remember, it goes back to what is the notoriety? Is it your business? Is it you using your notoriety to indirectly impact somebody else or some other cause? Because that could be used as a plus. The wealth. So before I move on, I want you to know the way that I look at this. The way that I look at this is if you have wealth, you can create your own notoriety. It may not be true. It may be fake notoriety, but you can create your own. You could donate to $100 million to a local cancer unit and build some state-of-the-art facility. That's going to bring you notoriety. What does that notoriety mean? How big is that notoriety worldwide in your state, country? I don't know. Freedom. I think freedom is very important because freedom allows you to have everything. To me, I do not dictate it based on numbers. That's the difference between my way my mind is looking at it. That's why wealth doesn't really matter a lot to me because wealth means everything to me, but just not in this sense. Wealth to me means, am I able to have people around me that love me? 
Am I able to be in part of organizations that appreciate what I can do? Am I a part of organizations that I'm able to appreciate what they do and that I have a passion for them? These are the wealth that I want to be a part of. If I'm surrounded by that type of person and that part of atmosphere and I'm having fun, then I've got a lot of wealth. I've got a lot of wealth. Some people have that like dollar bill wealth and that's fine. That's not me. And then notoriety. Never really. I mean, when I was younger in my 20s, I wanted to be the governor of Illinois just because I really liked politics. But then I really just found out I really just liked myself and I needed to steer that in another direction because my ego is so big. Sometimes it's hard to reel in. So I thought to myself, if I actually use it towards things that are good, I don't have to reel it in. And I don't believe that politics, I don't, very few good things come out of politics. And I'm a huge politic guy, huge. But I also know that I could better serve the world and the industry through better means than than that. That's my personal opinion. Because if I ran, I'd win. See, there I go again. I believe impact is important because you notice as I was talking, I was talking about impact, right? And I was talking about how a lot through a lot of these things, they created impact. And I think impact is important. I definitely would say it's a close number two. But I also think that people say that, but it is the farthest from what they do. I believe everybody wants freedom. That's just universal. That's in us. Like Thomas Jefferson said, it's ordained by God, right? He's given it to us. Those are our rights, freedom. Notoriety, I think people do crap every day to try to get notoriety. And building wealth, that's some people's, that's our main motive, really, when it gets down to the bottom of it. What's in it for me? And when I mean what's in it for me, that means more stuff for me, which takes money, more wealth for me. And I think impact is something that should be maybe the number one besides freedom. I mean, I think freedom is, is different to me in these things. And I just think about that. And I think it was so surprising how many people said impact because it sounded good to me, but it wasn't going to be my number one. Because I think to myself, like, how do I impact my family's life, right? And to impact my family's life, that means it's going to impact me. So I have to try and figure out what's going to be the best way for it to impact me so that I can impact my family's life. That's kind of the way that I see that. So I think I need to have freedom to do what I want to do. So just some things out there just to think about. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. Wealth, notoriety, freedom, and impact. A lot of people like impact, but I think a little bit of people actually try to apply that. When the phone rings, you have the opportunity to make an impact on somebody. When the phone rings, how do you feel? Now, having an impact kind of has to go along with what I wanted to talk about during this podcast. And uh, sorry, I got on that one with Ryan Hanley, but I think it was really, really important to think about some of that stuff when it comes to what are you aligning your goals to? I'd be willing to bet a lot of us are aligning them towards wealth, notoriety. Very few of us are aiming them towards freedom. 
What we want to do is we want to have freedom. So we run from the things that we need to do day to day, or we don't hire the people to start doing those things for us. So think that about. Now, here's something I want us to think about. I want us to think about this is what came up in the conversations that I've had over the last couple of weeks. And it has to do with the customer experience. So I've been talking about customer experience for five years now. I know you guys, I, I like beat it up. But the thing about it is, it's just now coming to the limelight of where people are understanding that customer service means nothing anymore because it's expected. So because that's expected, we now have this customer experience that why do we create a customer experience? Because we're trying to create a culture that meets customers' expectations. That's what the customer experience is. So a lot of people, I got onto it, they say, Jason, I'm trying to create a sales culture. I'm trying to create a, we've been a service culture for so long, but I'm going to create a service culture. That's what we want to do. Our main focus is going to be 70%, 80% of the time, it's cross-selling, new business, doing everything we can to get the new customer and to be sales-focused, cross-selling new customers, new business customers. That's what we want to be. I actually talk to agents who say, I want to be service culture. We understand that the riches lie in the renewals. The business that stays is the business that pays. Now, as a little bit of a side note, you guys may know that in some of my lies that we tell each other, the business that stays is the business that pays came from my mentor. And I actually challenged that to be a lie. But we think that and it's not impossible, but I want to be a service culture. Well, I want to tell you that you're actually needing to be both. It's a sales and service culture. But you can't silo it. You can't like say, okay, here's service over here. Here's sales over here. I remember I was talking with uh, a a guy and he was telling me about how his agency is split into different departments. And I just like wanted to puke. Like, I hate that. Like different departments. It just just sounds so 80s and 90s, right? Because the sales and the service is all in the claims and everything is all in one culture. It's all about a customer experience culture that meets customers' expectations. So what does that look like? I can give it to you. I'll take you right down in it. You ready? Put on your scuba gear. We're going down. When I'm talking about there's two different bodies of people that we can sell to. Let's talk about that because it leads right into the surface. Two different types of people we can sell from a high level. There's current clients and there's people who aren't clients, prospects, right? From a high level. People out there in the world that don't know us yet and how awesome we are. And the people who are in our office who know how awesome we are hope so. Because whenever we are in a service-focused culture, what we think about is very few think of us as the people that we already have. My boy, Billy Williams, says that your gold is in your book, Cass. He says that to me. Your gold is in your book. That means that whenever we are sending new producers, one of the ways that we think that the best way to grow is to go hire new producers so they can go out and sell business for us. I'm not saying that that doesn't work. It works very, very successfully, but it's not easy. And a lot of you know that. A lot of you know you've tried. The producer left. He or she ended up taking their book, going somewhere else. They ended up quitting after six months after you gave them a bunch of training. We all know that this is not easy. Well, think about what we're doing. Thinking about the fact that we are sending a person who's new, maybe to sales or insurance or business altogether, and we're sending them out into the world to find a prospect and try to close that prospect, we have a 40% chance of closing them when actually that's not actually true. That's just a number. 
we close 40% of them, but it doesn't mean we have a 40% chance because we actually only have a 10% chance of actually writing that new client. If the average agent has an 88 to a 90% retention, that means when you're quoting that client and you're trying to take them, you have about a 10 to 12% chance of writing them. Now, we know that if we, through a numbers game, that if we continually get more and more in there in volume, that then, yes, we will then win out based on 40% of the time we would actually close the amount of people that we actually get in front of. So why do we do that? And I'm saying that that's a 40% closing ratio, which is probably a little high in the industry, probably closer to 30. In my agency, I would say it's probably closer to 50. Probably you say that too, but we're going to say 40. So that's what we're doing. We're paying them money. And when they find somebody, they're bringing them back and we're paying them commission if we write it. 40%. Let's just say that. Wow. Okay. That works. There's no doubt that that works. But let's say this. What if we do it the opposite way and we don't try to sell and all we do is take care of our customers that we have now that already know us? who already do business with us, who already pay us commission, who already talk to us on the phone, who already know our staff by name, why are we not internally trying to increase the revenue per client? Because here's what I found out, and here's what you know, that if I can continually make the people inside my agency happy, I'm going to sell them products to people who are already doing business with me. I'm going to have a higher closing ratio, and I'm going to create more policies quicker. But there's also a side effect of this. And the side effect is, is when you concentrate on a service culture as a customer experience culture, you now start to understand that your customers now start to realize that it's just not the services you're providing them, but the experience you're providing them now tells them to do what? Go tell other people. And when they go tell other people, the studies show you have a 70 to 90% closing ratio on that business. And think of the person who went and found that person for you. Think of it. It was your own client who paid you. This is your client who's paying you, who's going out for free, basically I'm paying you, so that they can go out into the world and find you people that you have that that has an 80% closing ratio. Duh. You've really just never put that together from beginning to end. Or we can be like the other agent and we can go hire somebody Pay them $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 a month and give them 20% commission whenever they write the business and 20% when it renews. And we have a 40% closing ratio on that type of business. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. Interesting, right? That's the power of the customer experience. The customer experience culture, it's not a sales culture. It's not a service culture. It's a customer experience culture that meets customers' expectation. That's part two. That's part two. That's the great separator. I sit in these meetings and I sit in these phone calls and I I just listen and I say to myself every time I get off the phone, the separator is getting closer and closer. When I say separator, what do I mean? It's those who understand customers' expectations and you've got to use data, people, and process for that. And if you don't, you're going to be in serious trouble. You're going to be eliminated because you don't have the data. You're going to be eliminated by your own people because you're not able to provide the workforce and the new ways of doing business by using the data. And by not creating processes, you're never going to be able to collect the data, which is never going to help you get the people. 
it all works together. The Great Separator says that those who believe in selling on price will be eliminated because there will be other devices that will allow that type of customer to search on their phone daily for the best insurance if that's what they want to do. And by you continually trying to service that person is preventing you from creating the customer experience that has that person in your office who is a current client go out into the world and find you a better person. Instead, you know what you're doing? You're working with somebody who's creating a lot of hassle for you, and then they go refer those same type of people to you that create more hassle. You got to be strong. You got to stand up. You got to define who your customer is and say, here's the customer experience that we are able to create. Let's just get crazy. We talk with nobody but people who text. I'm just getting crazy so I can prove the point here. If that's what your customer experience is, is that's the communication tool. Now, there's many other ways, but that's the communication tool that we go after. You may not want to go after people who don't text. That's not the customer experience. So when that person calls you and says, hey, the only way I do business is by you calling me on the phone. I don't text, email, or anything. The only way I do business is talking on the phone. Well, if you've created a biz customer experience that's not centered around that, you need to explain to that customer in a nice way that you're able to give them a quote. And based, But based off of who you are, you found other agencies that could be more successful. Would you like me to give you their phone number? See, I say that easy because we say that at our agency. Because that's what we have to do. Now, the hard part is, is yes, saying no to that person and having them go somewhere else. But the second part is, is you have to prospect twice as hard because you're now turning people away where that would just normally be free business. But to be selective, revenue per client is based off the targeted list of the prospect. Revenue per client is based off the targeted list of the prospects. So I just trying to bring that into you is it's not a sales culture, it's not a service culture, it's a customer experience culture because we have to create that because it's pretty soon it's got to meet the customer's expectations. Customers' expectations. I see this, you've heard me mention Chris Green before, but where Chris Green is so important, the flood guru, is the the national flood plan is so poor at what they do. He's able to fill that gap by creating expectations. He's creating a customer experience so great that all he does is go after flood insurance. He knows it. He's hyper-focused on it. Agents feel comfortable sending him his clients because they know that's all he's going to help them with and their clients are going to get the best out of it. Boom, great customer expectations from the agency and from the customer. But then the flood insurance program is so terrible that he has created content so that when the customer's expectations need to be met, as in I need to, I need to close a loan or I'm going to be getting a flood map update, he's already on that. He's already like ahead of them to where he starts to become, there's three types of people out there. And this is where you need to, a floater and quoter, someone who quotes them, floats around to the next person, quotes them, quotes on to the next person. Are you an insurance advisor? Who are the top 5%? Are you indispensable? Are you irreplaceable? Because that, could our business continue to go on? If Chris Green continues to keep doing what he's going to do, I don't know necessarily if the world can go on without having more people like him. Seriously, in three to five years, he is the guy. I mean, he's going around America right now and rezoning flood maps because he sees they're wrong. Boom, puts in some stuff. He's changing it with the government. He's trying, he's literally doing what we should be have been doing for the last 10, 20 years on these flood maps. 
He's doing it single-handedly. He's becoming irreplaceable. He's becoming indispensable. He's creating a customer experience culture that's meeting customers' expectations. And when you really, really want to get good, it's not just meeting the customer's expectations. It's meeting the customer's unexpectations, the expectations that they don't even know. That is where we're going. Thank you very much for being a loyal listener. I want to let you know that you are greatly appreciated. I do what I do for you. I do it for you because it makes this industry better. I do it for you because you listen to podcasts. And the more podcasters we out there, the better we can amplify this great industry. The faster we can make forward momentum and progress for this industry. I do this for you because... I truly love helping people. I do this for you because as I said at the beginning, what's in it for me? It's freedom. It's impact. Remember the five insurance truths. Flexible schedule, financial freedom, community contributor, empire builder, and mentor. Notice those first two, a flexible schedule. That's freedom. And then financial freedom. Notice those two first two are really focused on on yourself. The next two of a community contributor and an empire builder happen to be how you affect other people and a mentor of how you affect other people. The first two are very personal. The last three are how you affect other people. Building an empire for yourself is not about you. Building an empire is all about those who work with you, those you serve. But think about this. Think in 50 to 100 years, there's going to be people who are going to be running your organization that are going to be having those and experiencing those five financial business insurance truths. And it all started because of you. Tell me your thoughts and tell me your ideas. And I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Jason Cass with Agency Intelligence. I just gave you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they make you believe out there. This is Cass. I'm out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 
carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.